You're listening to DraftKings Network. I was already annoyed by this Kane situation, and now I'm really yeah. annoyed because it's way too complicated, and yeah. I don't care enough to understand it. And I just yeah. cannot. I know I'm even more mad. I was like, we don't want Kane on this team. I'm going to spit. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Too Many Men. My name is Allison Lucan. And as always, I'm joined by the now fully back to health, living her best life. And I'm enjoying the updo, the messy updo, very Bridget Bardot today. (laughs) Getting shouted out by teams left and right because of her elite fashion and style rankings, including a mention on Between Two Stalls by Jeff Skinner. Sarah Sivian, how are you? I'm great. Yeah, I love that Jeff Skinner, the, the thing he's putting on right now. He has a future in acting. So thanks for the mention of Tajay Thompson on the style rankings, Jeff. <laughs> if you are not watching Between Two Stalls, this is a uh, social campaign that they're putting out, uh, hosted, directed, and produced by Jeff Skinner and sponsored by Smartwater. And it's epic. It's amazing. You must watch. Although now we have to be careful because... First, they had Alex Tuck on, and then he gets hurt. And now if something bad happens to Tajay, they're going to, like, stop the series, I fear. So, yeah. At least they confirmed that he's French, though. It it was a big day. That's right. It was a big day. day. Big day. Uh, And you're hearing from the person without whom we would not be too many men, but without whom, more importantly, you, the hockey world, would not have access to the true insider, even though the hockey men refuse to acknowledge it. Breaking trades in totality, accuracy, and with humility, the athletic Shayna Goldman. Shayna, Shayna, say hi. Hi. All right. That was, that was something else. The 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 men. The men are oh. something else. So let's talk. Please about credit. <laughs> let's talk about this for a second. I we did not say we were going to talk about this, but I was irate. So for those of you who weren't following along, uh, the Timo Meyer trade was breaking on Sunday, and. I was actually working, so I was not able to follow the timeline real time. But Shayna was breaking huge pieces of news. She has been doing this not just this year. She has done this before. I bet you she will do it again. And then when other people in the fourth period decided to put out their (laughs) final tweet about uh, what was in the trade, Shayna was just ominously left off. And then furthermore, when people pointed out that she did break the trade, there was no recanting. There was no, oops, sorry, yes, credit to Shayna. Mm-hmm. I have, like, it is insane to me, the inability for people to to pat someone on the back who isn't their little, like, buddy crony, exactly, in the burn book. Sarah, you were watching this go down a little bit more real time than I was. Do you have any more to fill in, or what would you like to say about this? It's not the first time the fourth period's been wrong, and it hey. will not be the last. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> um, but yes, and shout out seriously to all the people who did credit Shayna and did give her the flowers that she deserves. We talked about this before, about if you like the work of people, you need to support it. And therefore, if you see people doing the work, it's not like someone gets paid less because someone else broke the news <laughs> first. Like, for fuck's sake, let's just be grownups and acknowledge when people mm-hmm. do good work. I don't understand the problem. And um, when I st- I call- congratulated Shayna for being first on the other thing a few weeks ago, and people were like, she wasn't when she was. It's like the audacity and the telling on yourself is so strong. 
like Twitter is broken in a lot of ways, people, but it still has timestamps. Yeah. So just a hot <laughs> like, tip. Like it's literally too many provable. men can't You're read not going to scare me into not congratulating my friend. You're never going to scare me into being like, oh, you're right. This guy had it first when you're lying. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. All right. Well, look, I, I went right into the shit list without us even knowing it. I know you go. didn't. You didn't even. But hey, I listen. it was timely. It's and times are changing fast. So it's something I think that'll uh, still be timely. There we go. All right, my friends. So let's uh, let's get back to our regularly scheduled program. And again, don't come for us because the too many men circle is tight. Oh, I would actually like to shout out. We do want to shout out also at, at the Sunday Kraken Leafs game. Shout out to the fans. <laughs> We're holding up a sign that says, how does this affect the Leafs during warmups? We're taking that as a sign that you're too many men listeners and we appreciate you. Thank you. Mad props. All right, here we go. Sarah, we've honored our girl Shayna. It's now time for your favorite segment and that is... Bit-O News. Bit-O News, my friends. We're going to go through these somewhat quickly because, as you all probably know, there's a lot of trades going on, even though the trade deadline is not until Friday. Um, let's go in reverse order chronologically. First, going back, uh, we just want to acknowledge, um, but also, as we acknowledge, offer our support. The Florida Panthers announced that goaltender Spencer Knight um, will be unavailable to play for an indefinite period quote, while he receives care from the player assistance program of the NHL and NHLPA. Um I obviously, first and foremost, when these athletes have to leave and go into that program, they know everyone's going to know. And I just want to commend Spencer Knight's strength and courage in saying, I need help and I'm going to get it and everyone's going to know about it. And I'm going to be willing to to take that news being so public so that I can be fully healthy. And Sarah, what was your reaction when you heard this news? Yeah, I think more players than ever are utilizing this program, which isn't exclusively to drugs and alcohol. It's also mental health and a slew of other issues, which are all, there's no shame in having any of these issues. And so many people struggle with them and suffer in silence when they could get help. So it, it shows people that you don't have to be at rock bottom to ask for help. And that help is there when you ask. I There's some iffy reporting just about it where, insiders are saying it's not drugs and alcohol related and it's just kind of like i get it but let's be really careful with the way we talk about these things because the implication of you saying that is like don't worry is not a drug lowly drug addict or whatever and i just think we've moved past that as society so good point shana what was your reaction i just really didn't appreciate the speculation that you see immediately so credit to spencer knight for doing what is best for him it's so important. Uh, there is no perfect time to do it. There's no perfect anything. You have to do it when it's, you know, right for you. And that's what he's doing. So I fully commend that. And to everyone just speculating what it could be. Like, first of all, he's a human being. Second of all, he has a family. Third of all, just be decent. Like, we're not asking for much. The bar is very, very, very low. So I imagine you wouldn't want the same for you. You don't, you know, it's, it's tough enough that any action a player does, you know, is amplified so much. And that comes with the territory. But it doesn't mean that you have to be an asshole about it. 100%. All right, moving on, we have some more on ice uh, related news. And the first is that uh, it was announced uh, this week that David Poyle, the longest tenured GM in NHL history, I do believe, um, is retiring and appointing the long standing carrot in the coaching carousel, Barry Trotz, 
as his successor. There was a press conference Monday, and I know a lot of people are, are praising David Poyle. I, I'm sure that there is a lot of good he did, but this very much reeked to me of I've stayed at the party too long, and now that it's time to clean up, I'm out. Um, but I'm excited to see what Barry Trotz is, is going to do. Uh, Sarah, what did you think about this transfer of power that is projected to be happening this summer after all of the NHL season is complete? Yeah, it's funny because the impression that I get is if Poyle was anybody else who wasn't as nice and generous as he is, that a lot of people would have been like calling for his ass, really. And I'm sure fans have, but the people that work for him love him. So congrats on leaving a good legacy as a person, which is more important than being a GM and making the good trades or whatever it is. But regardless, I'm very excited for Trotz to return to a team he was once the head coach of. I just love the guy. I think he's a great communicator. Everybody that I know that knows him well has great things to say about him. He is such a, it's such a fascinating like case study when somebody goes from a head coach to a GM. I'm really curious about how these skills are going to translate. I feel like people will want to do business with him. You know what I mean? And that matters in the, the old boys club. And when there's like, mis- I know on a few teams I've covered, there's been things that pop up a few times per season where it's like a miscommunication between the coaching staff and the front office. So I think he'll be really great at bridging that gap. So I'm really excited. Shane, I, I may be a little harsh because it is true. I also would like to go out as the, a better person than anything I ever did better professionally. Um, but it feels like Nashville isn't really yep. being left in the greatest spot. Is is Poyle maybe passing the buck a little bit? I mean, yeah. we want Barry Trotz to succeed, <laughs> but he's getting an interesting bill of goods here. Yeah, like it's really funny. Like I do wonder if the last couple of years when I think everybody could, look at, could have looked at the Predators and like just step back, don't let UC Soros do something incredible to drag you into the playoffs when you're just going to get out in round one. Like just... No one's saying don't contend, don't compete, but maybe sell a piece, get a couple things back, flip it in the offseason, get better. But maybe if he knew he was planning on retiring, he was like, no, I, I want to go kick out the can every single year, which I guess I understand to a point, but it's just going to weigh on the team. And it did to a point this year. Like, was it that all of a sudden he's like, well, I can't fix this mess. You know, like now I'm now I'm cashing out. Like, it's really funny. Like, it, it's a situation where... He, he is not leaving his successor in a good place to succeed. And granted, it's not like he got the team in a good position to succeed. He had an expansion team. The rules were not um, nearly as favorable as they were for like Vegas back then. So sure. But it does. Okay. I like, I like that it's very trots, but it does feel a little old boys clubby too, because it's like, here's someone he knows has a relationship with was his longest standing coach. That being said, I do think that trots is someone that has earned this opportunity. We know he didn't go into coaching this year because he wants to go into management and this is like the ideal fit the perfect fit so i don't have a problem with it i'm so intrigued i like the point you made a lot sarah about the communication between you know head coach and management and i'm I'm curious at how he roster builds because we know his signature for coaching we absolutely know that it's having the best defense and you know certain approaches and how he is with young players like we we've learned all of that from his tenure like is it going to differ now that he is in team building? Does he have a different perspective because he stepped away for a year? Like we see coaches gain that. So I, I'm intrigued by all of this. And, you know, I hope that he does well because it'd be nice to see more general managers maybe feel like they can step away and give the keys to someone else who's never been a GM before. All right. Well, we'll see. We wish uh, Barry Trotz well. We'll see how that all goes come this summer. Um, There was another bit of news we wanted to talk about. And Shane, I'm actually going to have you explain this one because I did not get to see it live. Um, But on Sunday in the game between the Kings and the Rangers and the Rangers are doing some crazy 
roster tactics we believe in advance of acquiring Patrick Kane. But uh, Ke'Andre Miller ended up spitting on Drew Doughty. As we record this on Monday, he is going to have a phone hearing um, for discipline. Ke'Andre has apologized publicly via his Twitter, and it also sounds like he spoke with Drew Doughty face-to-face after the game. Shana, walk us through this and what your thoughts are here. Yeah, so the Rangers were in a really odd position because they needed Braden Schneider to be sent down to the AHL because like, there's you can't risk losing him. But he needs to be healthy to do that, and they didn't want to put someone else on waivers. So that meant dressing for the game, which he had to do because they're down a player because of Ryan Lindgren, but not stepping on the ice. Then they lose Kendra Miller, who gets a game misconduct when he spits um, right at Drew Doughty. Uh, it's it's a match penalty right there. It you know there's a hearing pending it. You're suspended pending the hearing. We saw this happen a couple of years ago with Hathaway and Gabranson. Um, it's really interesting that we have like such a readily available example. But yeah, so he he left the game, and the Rangers had four defensemen, including Ben Harper, as one of those four rotating throughout the rest of the game while they were already down to eleven forwards because Ryan Carpenter also not playing for the same roster management purposes. So it was a chaotic one, but we'll see, you know, by the time this comes out, we don't know if we'll have like a, an answer on this hearing and what it might be, but last time around it ended up in a three game suspension. So we'll see if this is any different. And and the Rangers win this game five, two, Sarah, what was your reaction? That's what's crazy to me too. No defense, just vibes. But my reaction, yeah, that, that was just an absolutely wild game. Obviously a fluke situation, but I want to say Keandre, a few hours ago, released a statement ahead of his hearing saying, I want to take a moment to address what occurred in last night's game. I have all the respect in the world for Drew Doughty and what happened was completely accidental. I would never intend to do something like that on purpose. It goes against everything I am as a person and a player. I feel awful about it and I'm thankful. Drew gave me the opportunity to apologize and explain myself in person after the game. I totally, like, Keandre's track history shows nothing of even, like, fighting or really or anything Healy, like I really would believe that this was just a mistake, but who knows? I don't know. Weird game, weird vibes. So we'll see what kind of suspension he gets, which I'm sure speak out of principle, he'll probably get one at least two games. I don't did, know. Did but... Drew Daddy do something? Like all because I saw the no. clip you posted, Shana, but like what why? I don't know if he said anything. I, I don't know. Like everyone was kind of involved right there, which is kind of yeah. like pretty normal. When it was Branson versus Hathaway, like it looked intentional. You could see the two of them were going at it a little bit more. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. But the, the wrinkle is too, they can't replace Miller. They're already down Lingren. They don't have the cap space if they make a deal happen to like roll through, like unless it's they get the roster emergency exemption. So that's going to be another interesting one. I was already annoyed by this Kane situation. And now I'm really yeah. annoyed because it's way too complicated and yeah. I don't care enough to understand it. And I just, yeah, maybe Nova was like, we don't want Kane on this team. Yeah, it feels like a bad (laughs) omen. Like like, this happens and it's like, okay, everyone needs to stay healthy. Lingering gets hurt. Then now you're going to be without Miller, presumably for a game to two, you know, to three games. Like, I don't know. And all the trades and everything going on this year is so particularly convoluted. Like I read through the lightning release okay, stop, stop, for the stop. Geno- no, that, that, we, we have I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying the conditions. I'm reading this and I'm like, I, I take, it's taking me 10 times to read through these. I know, trades I to be like, it's too much. There should be like, there should be a rule. Like there can only be like a word count. Tiers. Yes. <laughs> yes. 50, 50 words altogether for all of your conditions. If they don't fit in that, go fucking do it again. Figure <laughs> it out. Back to the drawing board. 
All right. Well, Shayna has 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 thrown us into our hockey segment, and that is, even though the deadline is Friday, um, apparently we've decided that the deadline is maybe this past Sunday, maybe Tuesday. Who's to say? Um, so again, we're recording this on Monday. So we're going to when we have a whole long list of things we've done this in the past. We're going to play our buy or sell game with the trades that have made been made to date. And for those of you who don't remember the rules, including the three of us, I may be remaking them on the fly. I'm going to mention a trade. We need, we need, we need the rules. Okay, well, fully explained. Here we go. Here you we can go. take more than 50 words. Thank you. I, well, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Here's what, here's how it works. I'm going to read a trade, just the trade. And then I'll say three, two, one. And then both of you pick, you say buy or sell. And if you both agree on buy, we will discuss the trade. But if you disagree, or if you both say sell, we move on to the next trade. So we're not saying whether or not we think it was a good trade with this. It's, it's purely whether it. we want to speak yeah, on it. Okay. That's correct. But you both have to agree. Does that make sense? Okay. okay. Are you going to count this down each time? I literally just said that. <laughs> I'm just double checking every time. We need it. Check the conditions. Yes, every time. <laughs> All right, here we go. Are you ready for this very complicated game? And yes. I'm going to jump around because the list that was put together is is front-loaded and I don't like that. So here we go. <laughs> All right. Zaitsev from Ottawa, a second and a fourth to Chicago. 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 <laughs> Three, two, <laughs> one. Sell. Well, no, yeah, so I don't want that one. Okay, good. Yeah, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. We don't like it. Okay, Shana, are you clear on the rules? Yes, I'm good. I'm <laughs> sorry. Oh my god, my brain cells are apparently bleeding this week. Okay, here we go. Let's let's uh let's stick with Chicago. I can't quit you, Jack Johnson. He leaves the Blackhawks and moves to the Colorado Avalanche. Three, two, one. Sell. Sell. Oh, interesting. All right. Okay. It's just like kind Everyone's of... going to blow smoke up his ass again. I don't need to. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, okay. Let's, let's try this one. Uh, Nino Niederreiter to Winnipeg for a second. Three, two, one. Bye. Bye. Hey, Sarah. Hello, you're... Western Conference. Welcome to the chat. Like, oh my God, <laughs> there's nothing going on there. And I get it because I think it's because there's so many East teams that are on the bubble, right? So they're all trying to make their teams a little bit better and like doing all these tweaks. Whereas the teams in the West, it's kind of a, a you can tell the teams that are going to make the playoffs, basically, give or take one or two, and the ones that aren't. And then the ones that are selling are really, really selling. Maybe they want to avoid the Western Conference mostly, like in-conference trading. So I guess I can see that. But I guess the trade deadline also hasn't happened yet. So we'll see. But Nino's on the move. Good for him. I always loved him. I think he's such a great extra piece, especially to a team that might need a little bit more offense. Like he... When he's hot, he's hot. They just have to make sure that happens during the playoffs. He's very superstitious. Oh, interesting. All right. Yeah, he has like a million different sticks that like he'll use. I, he's oh. he's a beauty. Love him. Hashtag insider news right there. Shayna, <laughs> your take on this trade. Yeah, it's it's the one of the few Western Conference moves. And it is interesting. We're seeing more teams like go from 
you know, east. I'm sorry, there are more selling teams from west going east. We haven't seen as many Eastern Conference teams sell yet, so maybe something's going to change. I love this move for Winnipeg, especially when you heard about the Perfetti injury. Even still, it felt like that's they needed one good middle six forward, and he's so good. I think he's going to complement them perfectly. I think he's super underrated. Every trade he's been a part of feels very lopsided. I do not understand why Nashville only got a second-round pick for him when he's not a rental. He's on a great contract. Every team should have been, for one, kicking the tires. For two, actually expressing interest in trying to pursue that, you know, the different tiers. I'm a little surprised that's all he went for. There should have been more demand. It, do, it absolutely doesn't make sense. A ton of teams need help on the wing, but good for Winnipeg. They generally don't go very splashy, so it's not surprising. But, like, let's see how he does. I think, I think he's exactly what this team is missing right now. Outstanding. All right, here we go. Next one. We always love a good salary dump, my friends. Shea Weber's contract to Arizona. Three, two, one. Bye. Oh, oh, oh. no, sorry. No. Oh, nope. See, sorry. Shane, our little cap guru, would have loved to talk about that, I know. But we'll talk <laughs> no, about I it. I wrote about it right after. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. Okay. All right. We're getting down to the meat. Here we go. Jeanne. No, no, I can't do it yet. It's too much. I can't do it yet. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Um, Dadnov at 50% to Dallas. Three, two, one. Bye. Okay, bye. Going forward, you must both say it at the same time, but we'll allow it this okay. time. Shane, go okay. Um, Stars needed a winger for sure for their middle six. I think he's going to be much better on a good team. I think he's better than the results show this year. 50% salary retention. It's totally fine. And they have increasing costs next year with the hints extension kicking in. So Dallas's end, I understand it. And Garyanov didn't click. Um, I love it for Montreal though, because I feel like every rebuilding team is going to be like, Hey, let's get the 18 and 19 year old prospect or the draft pick. You also need, and Jeff Gordon is someone that did say that. I know he's not the general manager and he's the president, but he said the same thing in New York when he was rebuilding the Rangers. You can't just have a team full of 18 and 19 year olds. You want to have that young NHL talent that's in their early to mid twenties. And Gurionov's that it's, you weren't going to get a ton from that and off. He didn't make sense to keep around. He's a pending unrestricted free agent on a team that's not competing. So you can take the risk and take the gamble and try to have a little reclamation project. I think it's great because we saw, I think the bubble was like the best example that year of what he can be. I'm really curious if he can find that again in Montreal. And, you know, he's a restricted free agent at the end of the year. So I don't expect his next deal to be very expensive that they can, you know, explore this further than just a couple months. All right, Sarah, you agreed. Give us your take. I just wanted to hear her take on it, honestly. I think it's good. No notes. <laughs> Not good job, Dallas. This is this is like circumventing the trade rules right there. I, I see know. you. I see you. Well, also I'm I like it. I'm in favor of it for Dallas. And that's kind of it. I'd like to see him repeat that bubble performance. And are we team Dadanov or Dadanov? It's probably I, something I, in I between. Mean, it's something, yeah. Is it with the Y? Does he go with two eyes? I've seen it both ways. I, I, I need a clarification. I know. I don't know. Okay. And it All feels right. like the NHL doesn't always go with what the player's actual spelling that they would go with is. And I don't understand that either. Well, no, but sometimes they do. Like when Artemi Panarin went to New York, all of a sudden he's like changing everything. And then you've got Marcus Johansson, Johansson, who like- They, every- didn't, they didn't use it though with the Y, the IY. No one did it. But the team he did, did it. it. That's, that's what I'm no. saying. No, team didn't. Kept it with an eye. I just did it when I tweeted about him I because he said that was right. And in my articles, it started getting changed because the official way by the team is only I. A lot of the time, I'm saying the player changed the team, 
the team oh. will ask the player and they're like, right. well, I don't care. Or they'll lie about it. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. just tell them what your name is. No, Marcus like, Johansson like- literally tells when he changes teams and even sometimes within the same team, he changes how to say his name. Yeah. From Johansson, yeah, Sakara and Sakura, and then it like went back. You're like, which is it? <laughs> like Sherry and, and Sherry. He, he felt bad. He didn't want to say anything. That is actually Sherry. Oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I saw an interview with him. Babysit his sister. All right, I've learned something today. <laughs> okay, all right, here we go. Here we go. Let me pick which one. All right, let's do this. Let's let's start with uh, St. Louis. Barbashev to Vegas. Three, two, one. Sell. So. Oh, fascinating, people. Fascinating. Okay. All right. Jeannot to Tampa Bay. Three. For what? For eight. Yeah, what's the return? Some <laughs> things. Eighteen thousand. Hold on. You want me to read it? Hold on. I'll find it here. I yeah, do. Please. Honestly, I do. I do want to give. Um, I do want to give a shout out to our dear friends at Cat Friendly, which will be your resource for the next coming days, if not always. They're tremendous. We love their work. Support them. Here we go. And always cite them. Uh, Tampa Bay acquires Tanner Janot. The Nashville Predators acquire. Take a breath. Calfoot. A 2023 third round pick, a 2023 fourth round pick, a 2023 fifth round pick, a 2024 second round pick, and a 2025 first round pick, which is top 10 protected. I think my first house costs less. Three, <laughs> two, one. Bye. Bye. Sarah, go first. It's just way too much for him. And I know people keep saying, look at like, Goudreau and Coleman and everything that Tampa Bay has been able to do with kind of these middle six, I don't know, like, like talents. And I agree, but I don't agree this time. Like I'm putting my foot down here. There's so much they gave up and it's like kind of just so much that it's funny, like a CBS receipt where it's like, I don't think all of the, it doesn't matter that there was 17 fifth round picks. I, I do think a first round pick on top of all that's too much for him. That's all I'm saying. I agree. Like, first of all, yep. it's as many draft picks as it is goals that he has this year. And I like yeah. Tanner Janot. I think this year sucked for him. I think he's going to be so good. And this is the problem. You look at Coleman. You look at Goudreau. They were so good in Tampa Bay. You forgot about the cost of acquisition that everyone did disagree with in the first place that Tampa spent that much. And yes, they weren't rentals. And that's the same here. Everyone's going to forget it. When Tanner Janot is thriving in the playoffs because he has that playoff style hockey, absolutely. He's physical. He has some skill. I think he'll find, like, refine it more with Tampa. They're the best at maximizing these players. And when he's scoring goals against Maple Leafs that are going to kill him in the playoffs, we're going to be like, fucking right, Tanner. Great addition, JBB. But I am sorry. In what world? I don't care. He's cost controlled and they have a cap situation. It would have fucking cost you less to retain salary, to pay someone to retain salary. Even if you did double retention on a player like, say, Barbashev, it would have cost less. And a team like Tampa Bay is in a position, they can spend first-round picks. Absolutely go for it. I'm literally writing about this right now because I liked his comments, and he was saying, where we are right now, we're investing in the right now, and that is it. I fully agree with you. Spend those picks. It doesn't matter. Don't spend all of them at once for this particular (laughs) player. If you did that as your whole deadline, like... Our friends, the Leafs, are spending so many picks, but it's in so many different moves to bring in players for one player with five goals. I don't care if he's at his best going to be a second line player there. He's never that's that is top line game changing caliber. That many picks. Yeah, I agree. 
And they literally could have like, it would have cost them less to form a hockey player out of like clay and mud and magic than it cost <laughs> to acquire Tanner Janot. Anyway, this trade was an interesting one. And this one might be more interesting for the drama even more so than the actual assets exchanged um, because there's a little bit of, of snark that Columbus is pissed off that they thought they had a deal that would have precluded this. But here we are in a three-team trade because Minnesota just seems to want to take salary all day, every day. The Bruins received Dmitry Orlov, Garnet Hathaway, and rights to Andrei Svetlakov. While the Capitals... Yeah, not to be confused with Andre Svetlakov. <laughs> yes, true. Uh, the Capitals received Craig Smith, a 2023 first-round pick, a 2025 second-round pick, a 2024 third-round pick, and Minnesota for retaining salary of Orlov, 25% after the Caps held, 25, held 50, also get a 2023 fifth-round pick. Three, two, one. Bye. Bye. Shana, go first. Okay. Um, it, it is funny how this screwed up the Columbus trade. Orlov is a very good player, great puck mover. I think he is an excellent addition. I think teams really shortchange themselves when they stack up their assets, though. I think you're in a much better position to go Hathaway in one trade and Orlov in another. And I don't, I think the return was good enough for Orlov, but not Hathaway as well, who's like an actually good, versatile fourth line player and not like a one dimensional player that teams always overspend on. It's amazing that players like Sherratt and Lausanne went for as much as they did last deadline and Orloff goes for only this. He's so good. I love that Minnesota is helping trades not go to the West and not go to their competitors. I hope that's what the energy like they're trying. They have one more retention slot. So let's see how they use it if they do it all. Um, but the Capitals having the guts to say, hey, we're not good enough. And I kind of didn't think they do this while Vetchkin was there. They were like, we're not good enough. Let's step back. Let, let's do what Nashville should have done. Step back, quickly throw it together and see what we can do with all the assets we gain. Go for it. They have so many pending unrestricted free agents. I think it was the smartest thing they could have done. And I think they just shook up the trade market because I thought it was going to be kind of bland this year. And now when you look at how many players they can still move, like Nick Jensen, like Trevor Van Riemsdyk, like every defenseman that's not John Carlson, go for it. Like I think the, the deadline got more excited, exciting because of them. Outstanding. Sarah? Yeah, first of all, to the point about Jarmo, I love the guy. I think he's such an I know. I think he's such an interesting hockey mind, but I don't this is the Jarmo. problem with hockey and trading sometimes. It's like this is a business and I, people can back out at the last second if they want. We're not here to like make this friends comes around. I am so glad that the as, as like I don't know, someone who likes good trades, I I'm so glad the Bruins didn't go for the Columbus guy who I can't. Vladislav Gavrikov. Yeah, yeah. Can Allison, I, you tell us the best thing about Gavrikov? He's he's a he's he was at his best when he played with David Savard before David Savard. No, left. there was another yeah. detail. Oh, the answer the song? song. Well, no, it's not no, a the goal song. song. The goal song. No, he has no. Then, oh, oh. Hmm. He if he had to pick a goal song, it was going to be "What Is Love." What is love? Aww. But he was going to sing his name, Gavr Vladislav. That's he was. I guess I'll never forget it now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Sorry for ever. It's yes. one detail that sticks out to me uh, about him. Thank you. That's the one. Like, I like him, but for two point eight million dollars, he's just like a tall guy that's gonna hit, like hit. Like, okay, we get it, Boston. Like, you want that, but you don't need it. You already have Connor Clifton, who's short but does the same thing to me and moves the puck. You have all of Leo Lindholm. You have all of these defensemen having amazing 
seasons. I don't know. It's like one little thing like that for $2.8 million or whatever it was, wasn't the move. So I like that at last second, they got a Boston guy who can be really effective on the fourth line, who kind of replaces Craig Smith a little bit. He's he's better. He's better. And they unloaded Craig Smith. And then he got Minnesota fucking around once again. And I really like it for the Bruins. I think instead of going all in on one person, it was great. Like, this is what I look at as a team, like, that's going to make a long cup run when certain players get injured. You're thinking about that, right? You're thinking about the insurance where, like, Forber can be um, halfway and then Orlov can go in anywhere if any defenseman's injured. Not that they're, they're all, they obviously have them in the lineup right now, but, like, you're making these chess moves right now that I really like. Outstanding. All right. Toronto, who has not yet been done, even though they made a big trade earlier in a, a last week, uh, Toronto acquires Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty, a conditional fifth round pick in 2024. Uh, again, 50 words, people. And a conditional <laughs> fifth round pick in 2025 from Chicago in exchange for a conditional 2025 first round. Oh, uh, look, Chicago got some picks, Joey Anderson and Pavel Gogolev. Three. Two, one. Bye. Bye. Sarah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I could have gone either way, but I will okay, buy it. You have to go first then. Because you, oh, oh. you can't do it just to hear what Shayna said. Yep. Okay. No cheating. I, I mean, I'm just thinking about Kyle Dubas's legacy. And I think I really like the moves that he's making um, this year obviously it's so important for them to get past the first round but then what well, it's good to have again I, I like all these moves he did the huge ryan o'reilly one which is going to be the signature of the trade deadline for him and then after that he said okay i'm not just gonna like ca- i'll call it up call a day and pack it up i'm gonna make these also fringe moves that can help for like i i'm thinking about round three when people are getting banged up and when people are starting to realize your schemes and watching all your film and getting used to playing you, you can have these kind of aces to say, okay, here you go. I don't think these people are going to do the cup winning goal, but they're nice to have around. And it kind of gives everybody a little bit of relief when it's like, okay, we're not done yet. We have other options if this guy's going stale. All right, Shannon, now you get to go. Okay. I... Do you think Sam Lafferty was getting a little bit overhyped because he's been scoring lately? And I think he's fine as a depth player, but like I like Taylor Radish from Chicago more. And I want to see, like, I figured Toronto would be the kind of team to like spot that type of player instead. Sure, whatever. I don't care about that. Jake McCabe is actually a good defensive defenseman, which is hard to come around. Like he can he can absorb the the tough minutes and it's not gonna kill you. He's not gonna just stand there and like withstand it. Like I think he's actually a good defenseman and he's gonna be much better in Toronto. They have a totally different scheme, totally different talent there. So I like this on the draft pick thing because Toronto has now given up a shit ton of picks. I think they have three picks altogether over the next three years, which is the same as Tampa Bay. I do like that they chose to space them out over multiple deals. They brought in four players and moved out all these picks instead of one player moving out all these picks to play on their third line. I think that's important. And they have so much to like, so much to lose. These are the next two years that they have to maximize before Matthew's contract is up. Everybody knows that. So you have to go all in. And it feels like at the deadline, they normally go with like one big move for a captain and that's it. Now they're like, no, 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 we're not done here. I still think that there's a little bit more to come. I wonder if someone else gets moved and the player that kept coming to my mind when I saw Achari get added to the Ryan O'Reilly deal was Kerfoot. Could you get rid of him to cut a little bit of cap? 
maybe bring someone else back because it feels like they still could use one more scorer in their like on their third line maybe so I'm curious if there's more to come but even if not like it feels like they're trying to like hit all the areas and try to be really good in front of the net because who knows what's going to happen with Matt Murray long term I I, the Samsung has been great but you know so to Shana's point, over the next three years, again, stick tap to cap friendly, the Leafs have one first round draft pick, no second round draft picks, two third round draft picks, one fourth round draft pick, five fifth round draft picks, three sixth round draft picks, and three seventh round draft picks over the entirety of the next three years. And they only have three picks in this coming year's draft. So no, it was three picks in the first three rounds over the next three drafts. That's it's what it both. is. Yeah, it's both. Three okay. in the next year. And three over the next three rounds in the next three years, but okay. no second round picks. Only one, one, and two threes. Clearly makes sense. Okay. Last one, as broken by the Too Many Men insider, Shayna Goldman, Timo Meyer to the New Jersey Devils. Again, in a trade, I still can't really, it's too much. It's too much. Here we go. Three, two, one. Bye. Bye. Shayna, as breaker of the news, you get to go first. Okay. The Devils are a team we have heard a million times go, we're going to do something big. We're going to go spicy. We're getting Johnny Gaudreau to get Andre Palat. We're going to get a big goalie. They get Vanacek. And it's not an ox to either play. Vanacek's been great. So I think they did the right move there. But like, and I liked it at the time. Um, but like, they, I feel like they've been like waiting for their big fish. And here it is. You get Timo Meyer. He's the best player available. You have the Swiss connection. Everybody was waiting for this one to happen. And usually that doesn't happen and it happens. So good for them. I'm really interested to see how their top six looks. I'm interested to see the cap situation this summer too. Yes, I'm a fucking nerd. I want to see if one, another team would be ballsy enough to offer sheet him. Like the Blues were offering multiple first round picks and I think they have three right now. Like, do they use it to go for a big contract? Because the Devils, it seems like they have that internal cap. Don't sign forwards for more than Jack Hughes. You're going to get away with that with, with Brat. It's not happening with Timo Meyer. He can get $10 million elsewhere, and he's worth at least $9 million a year, in my opinion. So curious how that works out, because any team could flip him. I think the return for San Jose was honestly underwhelming. I like Zetterland a lot. Um, they did move good prospects. They did not move any of the Devils' best prospects. How, how in the world does that happen when you have a player this good that is not a rental that you could still trade this summer for returns back that's as good of a player as he is and is exactly what the Devils need with his shot volume, with his finishing ability, with the fact that he's physical and he's a good power forward. He is literally a a perfectly complete forward for your top six. That is all it cost when Carolina was in, St. Louis was in, Vegas was in. No one could contend with that price. That absolutely blows my mind. Sarah, your take. Yeah, there was one player that the Canes specifically didn't want to give up, who they think is going to be the future of their franchise or whatever. The name is kind of escaping me. We'll put it in the um, episode details. I'm not really like a prospects expert, honestly. Like, okay, we get it. But I... Every team that was in on the end at least had like a top end prospect, a first rounder plus something else. I, I do agree kind of with the underwhelming. It was like 17 prospects, but none of them really made me not again. I'm not a prospect expert, but I wasn't like, oh, my God. But I do think I mean, there were a lot of picks, including what is it? Two first round. What's the condition? It's, it's a first rounder and then it's a conditional second that can it. it 
the Sharks named it a conditional first. The Devils named it yeah. a conditional second. I think it's a first-round pick if Meyer plays 50% of the games in this postseason and the Devils reach the Eastern Conference Final in this or next season. Both need to happen. Whoa, they- okay. That's kind of spicy. I like the, like, random details. Okay, so we'll it says, eye out yeah. on that. So it's if New Jersey makes the conference, if the Eastern Conference Final and Meyer plays in 50% of the games or – New Jersey makes the 2024 Eastern Conference Final. The pick becomes New Jersey's 2024 first. Okay. I think if that 2024 could... first is top 10, New Jersey has the option to instead transfer their 2025. See, again, their 2025 first. Should New Jersey yeah. transfer their 2023 first to their 2024 first, as it is top two protected, and they make the conference final in 2024, San Jose will receive the 2025 first. Okay. Okay. Too That's many a lot. fucking it's conditions. I'm going to trade those complicated enough by a Much like salary retention, injured. you can only have three. No. All right. Well, I do, if it ends up being another first rounder, I kind of do like it for San Jose, but... I think they could have done better with a prospect for sure. And poor Scott Harrington. He gets shipped yeah. across the country and then gets shipped down. We to the do NHL. not care. <laughs> I care. Um, Allison, Shana, which oh, I don't know of him. the trades yeah. would you say is your favorite of the ones we just went through? Because you didn't do any analysis on any of them. Well, I deleted them all. Hold on. Let me go back to our list to look. <laughs> we oh, know yeah, it's a standard Genoa trade, but. Of the ones we went through today, I mean, I do like the Timo Meyer trade just because I like the narrative of it. I like the narrative of all the teams in that part of the country, like arms race, like gunning up. Like, I like that that fan- we've talked about this before. I think that that team is one that's showing how to have patience and build. And, you know, they're a little bit ahead of schedule right now. And so I just like the vibe of it. I think it's I think it's good. And I like that. Jack now- Hughes has almost 80 points. Well, and like, he's amazing and- this year. And we yeah. love him. He's so doing want, awesome. And then you look at Heischer and he has almost a point per game too. So it's cool that they're adding somebody else too. Th- that is really the thing is we want our favorites to have fun new toys. So yes. there we it's go. All that. That's right. Yes. Okay. So that's the trades, the major trades. A small trade just came down between Buffalo and Vancouver, but we've done enough today. Um, we usually have an episode come out to our favorite listeners on Thursday, but there is a very good chance, my friends, that we are going to delay our second episode of this week and have that come out at you Saturday after the trade deadline concludes. So keep track on social. We will keep you posted as to when that's coming. But right now, our goal is to have that for you on Saturday, where we can talk about all the winners and losers of the trade deadline and bring you up to speed on any more big trades or talk about which deadline broadcast had the most pathetic attempt to fill time when nothing was left to be moved. (laughs) Um, That is what we have for you on the trade deadline hockey news. Um, Everything's going to look a lot different in just five days time. Uh, If there's anything left. I know. (laughs) Something will happen. Like, you know, something. Um, Let's end this episode as we do every episode with our favorite game, and that is Fuck, Mary Kill. As we all know, teams go into the trade deadline to either acquiesce when they know they're not going to be in the playoffs or to make a push to get themselves either over the hump and into the playoffs or to really make their big run to contend for a championship. So we thought we would look at three teams that are on the bubble in the East and FMK them in terms of playoff vibes. So who has the strongest 
playoff vibes of these three teams. Shana, you're going to go first. Are you ready? Yep. Yep. Detroit, <laughs> Pittsburgh, Buffalo, FMK go. Okay. Killing Pittsburgh. Sorry, board. You made the playoffs. What is it? 17th consecutive seasons. I think you need to do a lot if you're the Penguins. And I do want to see how they kind of try to like stack up to the rest of the East, but like it's a new era. Let's go. Capitals are out. Let's go with the Penguins out. Let's see who can spice it up in the East. Um, I think that's the more exciting storyline. Sorry, Sid. It's not your fault. Maybe better luck next year. Maybe your manager can actually do something for you. Um, I will fuck the Sabres. Uh, they're the most fun team. We love them. They're America's team this year. All good things. Postseason Tajay would be like a show. But I think that there we there's definite holes there. Definite spots that they can use some work. And that's totally fine. That lines up with their timeline. I think a win this season for them regardless is just making it to, you know, in the race to be in the mix, which they are. That's great. And I, it's next year that I'm like, definitely make the postseason. The only reason I'm fucking them is because I do want to marry Detroit. Detroit has been one of the best teams over the last month. It's so impressive. And I kind of like the strategy too, of them not getting rid of players. Like if you're the Islanders or the Penguins, like you can't afford to just say, oh yeah, we're going to try to take a swing at it at this point. You need to be proactive because you want to extend your window. The Red Wings are in a position where they have so many assets and a, a shit ton of cap space, but they can be like, you know what? We're going to keep our own rentals at this point. Suter, that's who's been great. I think was the Blake Coleman of the trade deadline that all these teams just missed out on. Like he's been great. Absolutely keep him to see what happens with this run. And if you extend him and Bertuzzi is another rental they're keeping. So why not see what you can go for? It's not do or die if they don't, you know, get their picks back. And it's also huge. Like we're in new compared to where they were last year at this point in the year, just letting back odd man rushes every game, killing their goaltenders, not scoring. It's so different. So I think it's exciting and it's a, a, like Buffalo is stepping stone. So I, I kind of want to see them do it the way that they've, you know, heated up. Hey, uh, Sarah, go. <laughs> Good points all around. Yeah, I'm killing Pittsburgh too. Like, I'm sorry. I could. I'd like to see one more run um, with Malkin, Latang, and Crosby. But at the same time, the vibes have just been absolutely atrocious the past few months. Like, they'll get some traction and then they'll just have these ridiculous losses. And it's just kind of like, I don't know if they're going to have the firepower to put on a good show when the playoffs roll around. So, like, I'm just going to kill them because of that. I am going to, and also like, what are they doing in their front office right now? It's just kind of like, what what are you doing? I don't know. So I am going to, on the flip side of that, fuck the Red Wings because their front office has had it figured out and they trust the Ezra plan, trust the Ezra plan. And it's a little on, above schedule right now too. So at, at the same time, it's kind of about time. I don't know. Like I could see them getting into the playoffs this year for sure. And I'd love to see the good vibes back in hockey town. I think it's been not that it's been so long. They were a dynasty for a long time and they were spoiled and then they weren't, but it's awesome when Detroit is rocking with good hockey. And I love to, I love to see just like a return where people like with, with the Canes, when I was there four years ago, it's just like, people are so grateful for playoff hockey and I don't know if Pittsburgh fans are that anymore. They're kind of waiting for the other foot to drop where they know they're not going to win the cup, right? So I want to see Detroit fans be happy. But then I'm marrying the Sabres just because we need playoff Tajay. We need the between the two 
stalls in the playoff. Like the vibes are just absolutely impeccable here. And I this was based purely off vibes for me, clearly, because I keep saying that. But I need the Buffalo Sabres in the playoffs this year. Well, it was all about the vibes. So that's perfect. You did exactly what we asked you to do. Shana, guess what? Wow. I'm I'm honored. <laughs> all these accolades for you. I forgot in all your glory. Not only did you break the massive trade, you also were named, let's pause for a second, Fantasy Hockey Writer of the Year for the yeah. second straight year. She, yeah. Now she's Speaking fun. of dynasties. Speaking of, there it is. Here she's it pulling is. out the wrestling championship belt, people. She has this two is what Rich threw in Iconic. for me. This is the new vibe. We're just, so, we're just so lucky that that we have you willing to spend your time with us now with all these honors. Oh. I don't know. The crown is becoming quite heavy. So who would I be if I didn't, who would I be if I didn't agree with you? So I do agree. Yes, you have to. I it's do my reign of terror. And only because I'm going I, heel. I do think that Detroit is just a little bit closer to being balanced in all three parts of their game. And there might also be some recency bias because I just saw them play and I just, I thought they were fun. I love the way they played. I think it's, would be a great dynamic to bring to playoff hockey. So I'm going to match Shayna and marry Detroit kill Pittsburgh and fuck Buffalo. All right, my friends, I think we've covered everything for now. We thank you all for the kind words on our interview with Marty Baron. He's the best. We love him. We're going to be bringing you more content like that as this season starts to get into the fast final lap around the track before the postseason comes at us very furiously. In the meantime, if you want to know what interviews are on our show, what we're thinking about, what we're talking about, or want to give us ideas for topics or fuck, Mary kill, you can follow us on the socials. We are at two underscore much underscore man on both Instagram and Twitter at both of those places. You can also find in our bios links to buy our merch. We have hoodies, hats, t-shirts, uh, switch cases, watch bands, all kinds of stuff, burn books. You need this in your life. It will make you happier. It will remind you that even though there are too many men, there's also all of us together. So until next time, please do a little bit, if you can, every day to make sure that hockey is for everyone. We will talk to you guys soon and happy deadline. Love you. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.